my name is Gary Butterfield, and I'd like to cordially welcome you to episode 18 of the Dead Idea of a Hala podcast. It's a variety podcast. It's got some music. It's got some things I want to talk about. It's just, it's kind of a verbal jazz, free flow, abstract, conditional, non-abstract, Freeform, structured, jazz, rock, post-podcast, pre-comedy, renaissance, variety, podcast. And uh, it's with me, Gary Butterfield. When I got out of high school, I was fairly certain at the time that I wanted to take kind of a break before doing going to college. And, uh, you know, this was this was a mistake. Um, but I don't know if it's any more of a mistake than saying, I now wish that I had worked out yesterday, or I now wish that I had spent all day yesterday, you know, all day yesterday cleaning the house. Of course, I wish that I had done things in the past that would benefit me now, but that was true. That can be true of anything at any time. You know, I wish I had spent my 20s, you know, working out and reading books. And then now I would have read all these books and be, uh, some kind of huge, you know, dick cake, cock cake. What's the word for a strong man? Some kind of hunk. I'd be a handsome boy instead of the kind of doughy flesh tube. I'm kind of like one of those pastry bags, but with little tiny, uh, surprisingly fit gams. You know, the the type, the, uh, the fat guy with the uh, weird athletic looking legs. But um, yeah, so I wish I, I had gone. Um, I wanted to do some some other things, but um, uh, myself, like many people, due to the forthcoming Mad Max esque future that we have, due to the economy collapsing, wanted to get a higher paying job. Um, this was really prompted when I moved to Portland. I you know worked two of the worst jobs I ever had. I've talked about those a bit, and I wanted to go to school and uh, get a job that I liked better. So I decided to go back to school, and this has been a mixed bag experience. Uh, to say the least. Um, I started out working towards a library certification. I talked about that in the last episode. And I'm currently a communications major. You know, communications. It's like where degrees hang out and do whatever. But uh, so I wanted to, to get a, a new job because the hiring standards in this country just keep going up. I work with a, a lot, some people who I think are, you know, kind of the, the awesomest people in the world. I really like my coworkers. I could, they all have master's degrees with training. I could do their job. Um, I'm, you know, super capable of it and, uh, not to disparage them or the, you know, the hardship they went through or anything. Um, but it feels like an arbitrary barrier to entry for a lot of things. I remember when I first got uh, out of high school, a lot of my friends were looking for jobs. I had one friend who has a a degree in computer science and got a job managing a, a soup restaurant um, his degree was not, in fact, in soup. It was it was in uh, in computer science and soup and computers. You know, at least for the time being, have very little in common. I don't know what kind of dark, dismal dystopia computer soup will bring, but uh, for now, they have very little thing. You know, very little in common. So, and I've heard I've heard the arguments that it's just you know a measure of you having the tenacity to stick with something, um, but I do not believe that. Uh, I don't think that's actually the case what i think is at work is that you need some kind of marker to thin out an applicant pool 
Uh, we have so many people, especially now, but at any time, you know, looking for positions that if you can kind of come up with some kind of baseline that is higher than nothing, you just, you know, drastically cut your number of applicants. You know, I understand this, but I think it's more of a function of, you know, overpopulation and not having clearly defined roles for people in, uh, in this country. Anyway, so yeah, as I've, I've gone back to school, my initial fear was that I was going to be in class with a lot of freshmen, you know, just kind of party dudes. I was thinking, you know, like the neutrinos from the Ninja Turtles cartoon, pretty much just a retro 50s space alien future kids uh, who thought would think I was lame and uh, give me wedgies. Um, but in fact, it's been a real mixed bag of crap. Like there's lots of different kinds of terrible crap inside this bag. And this isn't even dealing with the administration or anything like that, which is, you know, of course, a struggle. Colleges are huge bureaucracies, you know, I, that's that's well known. But this is just, you know, dealing with with students. You know, we have the, the young people who I'll get to in a minute. Uh, the first thing that happened when I was going to uh, community college were uh, lots of old people. I've talked about old people before on the podcast. Um, they are still like that when they are in higher education. You know, I took a, a children's literature class and we were talking about something I found actually pretty interesting. And it's about uh, biographies for children and how they distort the truth. You can read a biography of Thomas Jefferson when you're, you know, in kindergarten, but it won't mention you know, that he owned slaves. It won't mention his Nazi gold. It won't mention his half-human hybrids he kept in his basement. Won't mention the rights to Sugthatha that he performed uh, when the stars were right. Um, won't mention any of those things. I think this is a problem. There's an inherent trust in education, and elementary education especially, where you just take anything that an adult says as truth. But deception by omission really does, you know, kids a disservice. Like, first of all, you're avoiding the opportunity of talking about Sugthatha you know, or when the stars might be right. You're also avoiding talking about slavery. It'd be a great way to bring up the idea that people are complicated and have, you know, more than one side and people can be great in one way and terrible in another way. And everyone is like that. Also, you know, there's that, there's that trust issue. Um, when you learn math, you don't think what numbers is this teacher not telling me about? So it kind of violates that trust. And to me, this seemed really obvious. I was in a class full of 50 plus women, not 50 in number, but 50 in age, um, arguing that it's important to emphasize to children the good and their, you know, citation needed. Their point of reference was they were a mother. Um, I haven't had a kid yet. I don't, I am not a mother. I'll probably never be a mother, but I still, you know, I, I disagree. Citation, you know, I have exactly as much right to stand on that as you do. Like I, I have a vested interest in how, you know, future citizens of this country are educated. What is your, you know, just saying you have to emphasize the good is not an argument. And I just you know, sat there and just kind of fumed about this, the, you know, the entire time, just hearing this stream of non-argument coming out of these people for, for this idea. You know, it's just the people who are just too stupid to, to articulate things or understand like a venue. You know, if you're hanging out with your friends at a soccer game where your you know grandchildren are playing and you want to talk about how you're glad that you didn't learn 
about Benjamin Franklin's exceptional skill at killing and eating prostitutes, then that's great. But it has nothing to do with education. Like, that's just your opinion. You have to back it up with things. You know, like I did. Like, I, I can think of a lot of good reasons why it's not a good idea to lie to children about biographies. So, you know, full of, of women like that who, and I found that, and the second bit I found would be true no matter what the age, you know, were so desperate for any kind of digression where they can just kind of talk about themselves. So, you know, we had to do a lot of group work, which is uh, a travesty. It is a terrible idea of bringing people into small groups. Again, something that's a function of, you know, higher class sizes and having too many people around. You know, so we, we get that we're talking about biographies. It's just after Thanksgiving. I get assigned to a group of terrible middle-aged women. And immediately, it, it felt like uh, Bruce Valanche had written the classroom session. They're talking about how much they ate in this weird, you know, s swaggering, I don't care, but really I'm telling you all so I can half confess and half be told that it's fine because it's Thanksgiving. Like the psychology behind it seemed really transparent to me. And one of the, the people in my class was given to quip, uh, no carb left behind, which I, you know, I just wanted to strangle her face. Like it just, you know, why? So, you know, there's some kind of standardized testing system for carbs. They have to get a certain score to get in your stomach. Uh, different food groups have, you know, their funding is based on how many of them get into your belly college. I don't know. But it's just like, you know, everybody, hearty, hearty round of guffaws uh, from from my my terrible, terrible group. And I hated it. And it did not feel like education at all. Like that, all that time was wasted with my group. I got zero insight from my classmates. I'm taking classes now with uh, younger people. Again, not really my age, but people, uh, you know, like kind of the first scenario, you know, freshmen and sophomores. And they have the problem where the, they have this exaggerated eighth grade-esque sense of not caring about things. Like we had to be put into a group. Again, you know, that's a terrible idea. Um, you know, if I ever get into education or anything, or if anyone listening to this is in education, don't do small groups. Um, and if you do, there shouldn't be, you know, I'm in a group of, in this class with eight people and seven of them are terrible. So there's this exaggerated sense of not caring. Uh, we had to name our groups. And that's, you know, dumb. And, you know, everyone, like, literally, there are eight people, six guys and one girl. Every other guy except for me made a show of leaning back, crossing his arms, kicking his legs out, and saying, like, Pff, I don't care. How about we just be a team? I don't care. <laughs> and con there's this constant stream of this shit from these people. There's a constant... <laughs> I mean, I don't even get this. I don't even care. And it, it, I understand it. It's something that I did when I was in like nine, like literally 20 years ago. This is the kind of shit I would do. And these people are all adults. They're all, you know, the government is likely paying for them to go to college to learn this stuff. And, you know, I, I understand that in this class specifically, the educational content is a pretty dubious value. But that's not really their point. Their point is just like, I'm above this shit. You know, everyone has this like exaggerated alpha male sense of casualness that I just think is just tragic, you know, and just turns me off as a person. Like there's certain, you know, they're like t-shirts 
someone wears a certain kind of t-shirt and you're just like, I don't, you know, I don't need to have any kind of interaction with you. You know, that's a, a sweatshirt with a repeating pattern of seven different kinds of machine guns and silhouette, you know, or, or that's a, a sweatshirt and it shows a steampunk skeleton um, on the outside of your like blindingly white sweatshirt. I don't need to talk, you know, I, I, we, I can safely assume we have very little in common. And uh, this is the same kind of thing. It's just like that attitude is such a ridiculous turnoff. Like, I know it sucks. It sucks. The class sucks. It's stupid. But, you know, you have to do it. And you're not impressing anyone around you by, you know, showing how much you don't give a shit. And everybody, and they don't just say it for class things. They do it for everything. Like, we had to draw a little picture, you know, along with our name. Like, we had to do name tags. And uh, everyone drew just like, I drew a soccer ball. Because it's what I do. And then looked around to see, you know, who was, who was watching. And, uh, otherwise they like, I drew a smiley face. Cause, uh, it's the only thing I felt like drawing. I don't even care. You know, and everybody in the class was doing that. It wasn't just my group. It was literally like half the people in class did one of those, you know, two things like just this ridiculous alpha male, uh, you know, I don't give a shit attitude. And if there's anything I hate, it's a fucking alpha male. Like I, I am a 100% beta boy in that, in that respect. Like just, you know, if you're trying to impress people or, one of my friends, and he's, I like him, he's, you know, he's one of my friends, but he was talking about going to job interviews as an adult, and he's just like, you just walk in, and it's like, who's got the biggest dick? And that just sounds like a nightmare to me, and it's not just because my penis is average-sized, it's also because, you know, who wants to be around people with those kind of values, like, who are so animalistic, you know, they're, like, trying to impress each other like apes. You know, I just, I hate it. I just think it's ridiculous. There's also a girl in that class, or in my group, who uh, is a little tiny Paris Hilton character who has the problem where she has this verbal diarrhea and is unable to think things she doesn't say. You know, I've always kind of thought that, like, what separates, you know, us from animals is that we can uh, feel things we don't think, you know. But what separates me from this person is that I can think things I don't fucking say. Just like everything the teacher says, just a constant running response to everything she says or just about whatever, just like, you know... I had to close last night. I was up until 11. The Denny's across the way is always full. We got a new air conditioner. I thought it'd be cool if I brought my niece to get her hair done. My dog has its ears pierced. Like, and this this constant stream of just, like, horseshit coming out of her mouth that no one could potentially, possibly ever be interested in in a million years. But, because all the, you know, alpha males in my group want to fuck her, they're all, like, you know, wrapped with her every word. It's, it's like, ridiculous. It's just, like, not an environment that I need to be in. So I'm, you know braving it out i'm gonna get through it but i'm going to do as much as i possibly can online away from human beings as possible i'm too complicated for that kind of thing you know i'm a husband and a son i'm a editor an author musician an artist a bitch a lover a child a mother a sinner a saint
probably about four women. Dagon, management would like to apologize for the audio quality of this next segment. Noise reduction is a bitch, a lover, a child, a mother, a sinner, a saint, but it does not feel ashamed. You know, gotta masturbate, because you know, at the, the time when you were masturbating, literally, like, this is like a rumbling explosion. Like yeah. every 19 minutes or so. I just remember uh, we're gonna get into that I remember like sneaking off and, and for some reason it never occurred to me to masturbate in my bed I masturbated in the bathroom mm. and like I thought I had my entire family fooled <laughs> like no idea and no suspicion and I remember excusing myself in the middle of dinner and on the way out just catching out of the corner of my eye my Brother making the jerk off person, laughing. I love I love that story. I like I, I've I've heard that before and it's great. It's <laughs> it's just, I thought I had the world beat. The chair was like, no way they knew. And like, <laughs> in the house I grew up in, it's a small house. Yeah, sound. I, I also love that it's in the middle of dinner. Like it just like. <laughs> just like you'd just be like halfway eating, you know, three like a pork chop, and just be like, oh. <laughs> like, you know what would make this record better? What would make what? Having recently ejaculated. <laughs> you know, like yeah, like I'm so tense. How can I constantly these <laughs> mashed potatoes? Yeah, I, and I admit, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, I had an elementary school crush, but it was on my friend's elementary school girlfriend, so I had to make up a crush on another girl. This was before I moved to DeKalb and knew you, but. Um, and that was funny because I felt very like star-crossed livery that, you know, Paula was dating Jared in the way that third graders mm-hmm. date. Yeah. And like occasional cheek kissing and hand holding and, and playful tag. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so like I was very tortured by that and like, but didn't want to dishonor my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like going after his girl. So I invented a crush on this girl, Lindsay, who was definitely cute and the kind I had a crush on. Mm-hmm. But the way I, 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 you know, this was like my second entree into addressing it. The first time was trying to kiss, you know, mm-hmm. Becky off the garage. And with Lindsay, it was right as she was leaving to get on the school bus at the end of the day one day, I ran up and told her I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I love that. I love Do it so she can't respond. She's going to get on a school bus. <laughs> You know, uh, so yeah. Make sure I have like yeah. uh, like three ways out. Like I'm some sort of you know Vietnam vet. Mm. Make sure I don't turn to this in a situation I can't be mm. <laughs> But I, I love that in general with children in love, like and even through middle school, like you're kind of tempted, like if you have a crush to think you're in there. Yeah. So, yeah. You have no fucking concept of romantic love, right. but it's like the only word you have for it, and it's totally inappropriate. Right. Right. And yeah, even if it's even if it's genuine to a degree, like even if it's like an actual affection or like you're just not, crush, yeah, you know, or like you know, attraction or friendship or any number of things that could be confused for it. But there is something sort of harm, like what I miss about like the harmless and helpless and totally innocent, non-cynical, non non-conniving, non-gamesmanship sort of quality of those crushes that happen in middle school. Mm. And I even strangely sort of miss the, like, as much as, you know, getting up in the middle of dinner to go masturbate is absurd. <laughs> there's something sort of, like, charmingly, refreshingly pure about thinking about what my sexuality was at 12 or 13 that wasn't, like, tinged with emotional associations and wasn't... I mean, there was some sort of very simple level, like, shame about it, 
because of the name, but it's not like it was a lot purer. You know, right. it wasn't. Weird. Well, yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. So, yeah, it was less power dynamics or anything. Less complicated well. because you didn't have yeah. you didn't have the um, like a lifetime experience to to add you know ifs and and thens and such. To it. Yeah, you know, it was just kind of like, and I remember too, like it was. There's weird ways it was kind of pleasant. Like, you, know, I didn't actually have a successful relationship until I was well out of school. You know, a, a relationship before that. Um, but the uh, even you know the times when I once that started happening and I started getting these like ridiculous little crushes on people, when I was between them, like when I kind of like uh, convinced myself that it was impossible, I was more depressed about it than when I was in one of those, like, kind of crushes and it was hopeless. Like, having that kind yeah. of, like, it felt kind of good. It was a weird kind of, like, fantasizing that felt, you know, it, oh, yeah. it felt good. And even even after high school, that was always true. Like, even, you know, if there was just kind of, the worst feeling was, like, nothing on the radar. You know, just, like, I don't know anybody. I'm not interested in anybody. And that was a really, you know, that, I didn't like that. You know. Well, you hitched your wagons uh, to a lovely woman, but I can say even at 28, there's still a weird feeling about like having nothing on the radar, yeah. even comparably to having something totally inappropriate on the radar, right. and that, yeah, I, or like totally unworkable or unfeasible on the radar is still better than, you know, yeah. <laughs> say what you will about the tenets of national socialism, at least it's an ego. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Being romantically nihilistic is 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 a, a, a bitter pill to swallow. The other interesting thing about like pubescent sexuality too, though, the nice thing about masturbation at that age is like it's the big game. Yeah, it's not like a sim relacrum for sex. Like you're eleven, no, yeah, that was it was like, the entire plan I had for days. Like there would be a, like oh, not, not days like you know ten days in a row I would do that, but I would be like, what am I gonna do this weekend? You know, <laughs> like that would be the extent of it. That was my plan. I remember, yeah, yeah, like on a, on a Thursday afternoon sitting in class in seventh grade going, man, just got to make it through tomorrow. And then like it's Saturday and I can jerk off like five or six times. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Ridiculous. Like what a, what a, what a waste of, of energy. <laughs> like just like uh, you can somehow harness the, the sheer power of this nation's like, you know, fifth and sixth graders Sexual. like ridiculous sex drives. Like. We wouldn't have an energy crisis. Yeah, you right? you could run cars, not like you mess and see. Yeah, just do, like, just attach little like dynamos to the the wrists. And, oh and yeah, just, like, yeah. kinetic energy. Yeah, they yeah. just like charge up batteries, and we you know plug the batteries into the grid. Like every everyone can run their house based on their like you know fifth grade boy masturbating. It's like <laughs> just you know until it hurts. Uh, I, think that, uh, uh, I kind of remember feeling that it's like, man, I wish I had another penis. Yeah, I've <laughs> worn this one out. Like I, yeah, yeah. like, I need, I need a new one so I can do this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Totally. Ridiculous. Well, I remember the, I remember the first time I, I ejaculated at least for masturbation. I actually don't. I might have had wet dreams before that, but I don't have any I don't memories of that. Either. Yeah. But I was a little worried. Didn't know if that constituted losing my virginity or not. <laughs> yeah. And I was a little worried that the the comet stained my penis and my doctor would know. <laughs> what, what, what woman would have me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, now that they know my horrible, horrible ownership yeah. secret. The um, yeah, that was a, that was definitely a, a wake up call. Like the first time, because I I remember masturbating before I ejaculated, and the first time that happened, I remember just being you know, pretty pretty confused and horrified. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that felt awesome, but this doesn't seem yeah, this, right. Yeah, this I is mean, wrong. Something's come out of me. Like, up until that age, something comes out of you. Like, something's wrong. 
you know, something has gone wrong in your body. And that, and that was definitely what I felt like at the time. Pretty terrifying. Uh, I had a heroin moment. Because we always had health classes, but we also had to do, like, human sexuality in seventh grade science class mm-hmm. with Mr. Perry, a man famous for having multiple nervous <laughs> breakdowns, <laughs> calling the children motherfuckers and running out of the room. Mm-hmm. It happened, like, two or three times in the span of three years that he would have a nervous breakdown. But I never did in my presence, but I just remember... I just remember being a seventh grade boy, and there was this talk about sexuality, and the subject of masturbation came up on some fucking 70s film strip we were watching. Mm. And then, like, the statistic was like 95% of teenage boys and 73% of teenage girls masturbate. And I just remember Tori Brantley, who sat across from me at the table, uh, to whom I was attracted because she was one of the first girls to really, really need a bra, mm-hmm. as opposed to be cute, someone wearing a bra. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, and I was in seventh grade, and I was a crack man. Boobs were the buck thing. Yeah. Uh, the mere existence of them. Just the disdainful look of judgment she got <laughs> shot me across the table of that, as in, like, I know you're one of the 93% of boys who masturbate. And that's, like, wilted. And then Mr. Perry, the sort of doofy lawn gnome type man, you know, round belly, bald head, starts talking about it. And... And, like, what it must be the worst decision for, like, self-esteem and, psych- like, psych- child psychology. I mean, I appreciate that he was trying to diffuse the situation and said, When I was your age, I masturbated all the time. I guarantee you every boy in this room masturbates regularly. Don't tell them. Yeah. I, I, if I was watching that, I don't remember seeing that specific statistic, but my takeaway would have been, like, I'm thinking mm, number, 73% but. of girls masturbate. Oh, that's hot. And then I would have wanted to masturbate myself at the time. Do you, do you remember seeing, there's like a, our health book, and I think you probably had the same one, um, that we had, and the, 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 one of the pictures from the male anatomy was a black boy, uh, naked, leaping over a mailbox, like a hurdle, like with oh, the biggest God. smile on his face in the world. <laughs> like, is that in high school? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. The, the, the thing I remember, this is tangential, but the thing I remember the best from that textbook was there was also a thing about the dangers of smoking. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy in the produce section of, of uh, the grocery store checking the ripeness of a cantaloupe smoking a huge cigar. <laughs> and I just remember, uh, like, a you know, a school buddy who was in, in my health class turned to me, he's like, this guy is the coolest guy ever. <laughs> In retrospect, I mean, one of the greatest mistakes I ever did was not stealing my high school health yeah. textbook. <laughs> Out of all the high school sure. textbooks, that one has the most potential for hilarity. Like, and just, I, I love that. I was certain for a while I was going to get AIDS. Um, we both we both made it without any STDs. Wow, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I wouldn't picked it on a podcast if I had, but I actually <laughs> yeah haven't. yeah we've uh, we've uh, I've, I've yeah I'm, I'm uh, pretty happy about that. Um, never never yeah. got a girl pregnant, never STD. Yeah, hey, I've never gotten a girl pregnant that I know of. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. Like, I mean, my list is, I mean, I, there's only, I think, one person I've slept with that I couldn't, like, talk to today. Mm. <laughs> you, know, mm. you know, either via via phone call or Facebook or something. Mm. But, but, yeah, I, I would know if I had a child. But I, it's funny because, I mean, and you're married and you and your wife have talked a little bit about having kids, mm. at least in abstract sense. I understand intellectually the children are the products of sex, but I've done some vigorous research and haven't seen that outcome yet, so I'm not sure I believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's not... Like, conceptually, they're very divorced to me, because, and in part, because I don't want kids right now, but I definitely want sex right now. Right, right, right now. Right, right now. Yeah, right now, right. right. If you're listening, um, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, maybe on that note. If you like what you just heard, why not tell your friends about it? Why not follow it on Twitter or Facebook? Why not rate and review it on iTunes? Uh, why not send me an email at deadideaofahala at gmail.com? Why not visit the website? It's www.deadideaofahala.com. Why not shout it from the rooftops? Tell everybody about it. It's a new podcast. Tell people to listen to it. I do the same thing for you. 